Hello, welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are very passionate about two things, technology and our world. In each pod, we will be interviewing some fascinating people, business leaders, but those with a special interest in solving the biggest issues facing humanity today. Think the environment, think healthcare provision during a pandemic, think global social injustice. If you want to know more about technology's immense potential to fix and transform, then you're in the right place. In this episode, I speak to Vinay Nair. Vinay is CEO and co-founder of Lightful, a company which supports the charity and volunteering sector with software and technology. Charities have had to adopt digital tools quickly during the pandemic, but a challenge still exists around skills. In the interview, I discuss this problem with Vinay, plus we talk about Lightful's work with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But first, I ask him about the scale of the impact that COVID-19 has had on the sector. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, thank you so much uh, for having me on. And it's great to be able to talk about the charity sector because, you know, you know, it's such a big part of our lives. Last year, 95% of British households either volunteered or gave money um, to a charity. So it's really kind of a, an ever-present ever part of everyone's lives. And like uh, every other sector, you know, massive disruption. We definitely saw that element of 10 years of digital acceleration happening in those first 10 uh, days, if not, uh, you know, a little bit beyond that. Um, and charities immediately knew they had to respond at the same time as demand for their um, services went up as well. So it was kind of this um, inc- spike in, in demand, lockdowns, and trying to figure out whether they're working in healthcare or in any other sector, how they could continue to support you know, the more vulnerable members of, of society. So initially, there was a, a real hit in terms of you know events. You, know, you think London Marathon is one of the best known uh, kind of um, peer-to-peer fundraising events, all of the in-person elements going down. Um, so there was a real worry right at the start that a lot of charities um, may not make it through the, the kind of early stages of, of the pandemic. But a combination, I think, of a couple of things meant that the worst predictions didn't happen. Um, you know, where, for example, some were maybe able to furlough, they were maybe able to look at some of their cost sides and um, be as prudent as they possibly could. But also many adapted to digital. Um, both in terms of service delivery, could be as straightforward as Zoom and Teams, although that took a bit of adjustment, to be honest, for many, many charities, um, or when it came to digital fundraising. And so the sector actually responded really well, as it so often does in moments of crisis. Um, As things have evolved and sort of the um, backward and forward of of reopening and the hybrid world, I think we're entering into a different and perhaps more challenging stage of not just being in that acute response of, uh, of digital um, action, fundraising, service delivery, but actually figuring out in this hybrid world how charities can not just survive but thrive. And and what um, part, Vinay, do you think digital plays in that in that in that world that you talk about there, the one we're now sort of emerging into? I want to say post pandemic. We're not; it's not over, of course, mm. but where things are, are a bit more normal. Those tools that charities may have sort of had to use and 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 the transformations they had to undertake in rapid time. Do you think? they're becoming a sort of part of the fabric now of, of this sector. What is the, the current digital landscape, would you say? Uh, I would say it remains pretty mixed. I think in terms of uh, immediate deployment, 
charities, as I've mentioned, have done really well in terms of that acute um, stage. But as um, people's expectations of kind of digital first engagement uh, increases and is kind of here, here to say, whether that's staff or volunteers or, or donors or, or end users, um, char charities are really trying to kind of have some of the tools and some of the skills, but by and large, the feedback that research and surveys are saying is that, you know, 70% plus, 71% in one piece of research that some academic uh, bodies did, um, where there isn't enough skills to actually being able to sustain um, building resilience through digital. And I think that's probably where there's a recognition, whereas perhaps a couple of years ago, some trustees might say, mm, not, why do you need the social media and what's it about? And tell me a little bit more. I think that conversation is, is over. People get that irrespective of age, seniority or experience. But having the right tools and skills and support is not um, gener generally available, particularly I would say then for those smaller charities, which is that big tail. And you know, think how much more we did in our local communities, right? Actually, it was a great equalizer in many ways, COVID for those big brand name charities with much more local community groups. So I think that's where we're, we're seeing a little bit of a struggle to see how both in a hybrid world and those looking for that digital first engagement, younger people and so on, how charities can, to be honest, thrive more, which, which is, I guess, what Lifeful does and what we're keen to, to help facilitate. And we'll talk about the work you guys are doing in a minute, but let, let's focus, Lina, on, on that skills on that skills problem specifically. Um, how big a problem, first of all, is that when we, when we consider what you've just said there, especially for the for the smaller charities, the smaller organisations who are often made up? I'm, I'm guessing of just a handful of people who are doing a lot of work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How 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 big how big a problem is it? It's a, it's a it's a big problem, Ben. Um, so. I think you're right to, to focus a little bit on that, that smaller segment. The larger, medium and larger charities also, by the way, aren't uh, by any means clear and out of the woods or have all the capabilities that they would want. There's still a lot of work that they're doing. Um, however, I think as, you, as your question framed, it's those smaller organizations that probably need the most support. You know, going into the pandemic, um, more than half uh, of small charities didn't have a um, digital strategy in place. So we were kind of starting at that point a little bit on the back foot already. Um, there was a recognition um, by some, but definitely not by all and not even by most that a core digital strategy w across every part of the organization, whether it was internal operations, your CRM and database, your fundraising, your service delivery really wasn't in place. Um, I mentioned that response stage, people realized, wow, this can potentially work and potentially work well. Um, and ultimately see how you can strengthen relationships through um, digital engagement. Um, but now I think it's something like 73% um, of, of organizations saying they don't have that skills um, and tools required um, to, to be able to um, find more effective ways on a more sustainable basis to engage. So it's, you know, and you know, 81% of charities have said that they fundamentally changed um, how they work on the back of pandemic. That may be no great surprise. I guess the, the challenge is to see that, unfortunately, the, the closing of the gap is still some ways to go. And I think that's going to be a big priority for the, the sector uh, in the coming months and years. Before we get on to what your company specifically, Vine, is, is, is trying to do about this problem, what, what do you think, from your experience in the industry, are the key steps that you know, we, the industry needs to take to try and solve this problem of the digital skills gap? It's a lovely question because I think 
you can sometimes get into quite um, extreme thinking of like, well, Web3, this is what we need to do. And, you know, the, the distributed ledgers as a way of democratizing decision making. Da, 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 da. It's like, okay, that's good. And I think there are some opportunities around, you know, leapfrogging and things like this that will exist for smaller charities, for campaign groups and so on. But I think in truth, Ben, we need to recognize some of those basic elements. You know, when, it, when I'm talking about um, the ability to um, kind of engage, communicate, fundraise, serve, um, whether it's uh, online, uh, social, digital, you know, email newsletters, you know, like uh, there's a lot that requires how do you take some of that storytelling, which, you know, I think charities have, you know, brands almost look at charities with this unfair advantage that they have these great authentic stories to tell, which actually should be this massive opportunity and advantage yet it's not really taken. So how do you take some of that storytelling um, and apply it to, you know, your major gift fundraising or work with trusts and foundations uh, and so on. So, so I think it's a recognition that um, things are moving very fast. There's a new book coming out by two of the leading authorities in, in um, nonprofit tech who you'll know well, Ben, um, Alison Fine and, and Beth Cantor. And they, the book is all about smart tech and AI and NLP and kind of that next generation. And I think, as I mentioned, quite excitingly, Web3 does offer a number of opportunities, but where I feel we need to have that conversation is a little bit more of the, the basic ladder, those earlier stages to democratize, make sure people have that ability to access um, the tools that are fit for purpose for the sector. This is an e-commerce. This is a very unique way of how organizations and people engage with each other and recognize through those initial building blocks, you can build a more sort of stable footing from which you can uh, support, enable uh, charities to grow. So I, I, it's funny because I'll often be asked around that cutting edge of innovation, which I enjoy to speak about. And you know, you do see really great examples, particularly for those medium-sized and larger charities deploying, I don't know, chatbots or um, machine learning. That's something that we do a fair bit of, or AI and so on. I think that's great. But if we're talking about the sector as a whole, let's remember the different segments of it. And particularly as we felt um, through the pandemic, that local uh, sort of organization, whether in the global north or of course in the global south as well, uh, and support them in those early stages. Hi, I'm Daniel Brigham, editor of the Tech for Good magazine. I hope you're enjoying this pod, and if you want more, why not head over to techforgood.net for some amazing and thought-provoking stories. You can read about one company's mission to use digital technologies in the fight against HIV, or learn how social media can help refugees take control of their narratives. For those insights and more, read and subscribe at techforgood.net. Tell us about Lightful then, then Vine. What, what does your company do? Uh, yeah, thanks, Ben. No, I, I guess as probably I've aired, you know, I'm very passionate about helping the the um, charity sector, community groups, really to be able to amplify their voice and strengthen relationships between, you know, good people and great causes. Um, to be honest, we believe that those doing the greatest good deserve the best technology, and you know, our real passion is that, you know, rather than thinking for other sectors that maybe are benefiting a lot. What about the, the charity sector that's um, doing work that's needed more than ever? So you know, that's our underpin, underpinning our Simon Sinek start with why, I guess I feel I need to, to begin there. What we do then is, you know, a couple of different things. First, we do a lot of digital capacity building for small charities. 
typically we'll work with a large foundation like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation or Comic Relief, who either have hundreds, if not thousands of grantees or work in cause areas which they're really trying to support. And through their funding and support, we then provide six or 12 month digital capacity building programs where through learning management systems, they can learn how to tell better stories, get some of those basic building blocks in place so that they can you know, crescendo on International Women's Day or at COP26 or um, on Giving Tuesday or whatever it is to, to raise more funds. And we're, it's been very exciting to, we've helped over 1200 organizations now, 50 plus countries to not just get the competence around digital, but the confidence as well. And I think that's something that shouldn't be uh, underestimated. It can be quite lonely being volunteers or one of the few employees working at these organizations. So building peer networks and cohorts of these groups uh, is a big part of what we do um, through Lightful and Lightful Learning. We also work with some of the larger uh, charities and trusts and, and foundations and university groups and various others um, to help uh, a little bit more in terms of their, their more sophisticated needs. Often that will be in terms of how they manage their data and their systems, their customer, customer relationship management system, their CRM, and customizing that to ensure better workflows. Sometimes it could be not glamorous, it could be about it, helping efficiency. You know, we work with citizens' advice to help them to be able to reduce the friction that it took place for their volunteers to do local search for, you know, food banks or, or, or um, legal services so that they could serve more people through the pandemic. And that required much better data plumbing in order for the, the experiences and the outcomes to be better. So, you know, we work with a range of, uh, of nonprofit organizations in lots of countries, ultimately with this idea of how do you build better um, online experiences so you can strengthen relationships. Really interesting stuff and uh, clearly a broad scope of work. Uh, um, may I ask you, Vinay, about what what the mentality is of and and how how these people and how the people within organizations or charities are are embracing digital and technology? Do you feel like there's a sort of warm embrace for these for these technologies which are potentially changing their industry? Or you know, from from your from your experiences with your company and the and the, as you said there, the different clients you've worked with of different sizes in different countries. What what's the general sense you get about how people are feeling about this change? I, I think there's definitely a positive sort of proclivity to find how technology can be useful as a force for good. You know, the name of the podcast, it's really, I think, a sentiment that exists quite broadly. So I'd be very, very positive and upbeat about that. And as I said earlier, some of the barriers in terms of some people, often trustees or chief execs who are less familiar with technology or maybe not digitally native and so on, I think some of that melted away through pandemics and just general life moving um, towards sort of online. So I think the, the mood music and the general attitude is, is really very positive. I think what is very welcome, I would add as well, Ben, is there's also a, a healthy skepticism around the bounds of, of, uh, of technology and social and understanding, you know, if we're talking about tech for good, um, what does that look like? And, you know, I'll give an example um, of, a, of a campaign that we initiated, but now sort of is used um, by many, many organizations for several years now, every March, called Reclaim Social, where really our focus, and, you know, we have thousands of charities and millions, tens of millions of sort of engagement and so on, um, if not more, of, of people saying, well, how do we reclaim social media for good, you know, with the hashtag reclaim social, um, meaning for keeps as well as for positive impact. And I think charities recognize that there are, are limits as well. And part of our job is holding truth to power as a sector. And that needn't just always be um, government, although 
oftentimes it is, but it can be for large uh, corporates and ultimately thinking about poverty, inequality, uh, social justice, equity, and, and so on. So I think there's also a healthy skepticism that exists within the sector to say, right, what, what are the bits that we want to embrace and what are the bits um, that we recognize can really support us? And then ultimately it's about shaking out, you know, charities are, are resource constrained, time, money, people. Um, that's, I guess, our firm belief that, you know, you need to be, things need to be much more fit for purpose so that it can support those organizations wherever they are in that spectrum to be able to deliver more outcomes uh, and for technology to, to kind of multiply that. Okay, great stuff. I want to bring it back to the the skills point again, mm. Vinay. Now, another, I know another initiative of Lightfuls is, is the bridge program. Tell the listener about that and how it's trying to address the skills shortage specifically. Yeah, thanks, Ben, because, uh, you know, I alluded to it earlier and Bridge is a program that we started actually a few years ago, pre-pandemic. We did the original pilot with Comic Relief, um, where we worked with 80 of their exiting grantees. Um, And the idea really is how do we um, support uh, an organization to um, build greater resilience through digital? Bridge stands for building resilience in digital growth and engagement. Um, let me give you an example. There's a, there's a wonderful charity based out in, in Sierra Leone called Advocate. Uh, and what they do is they really work with helping um, uh, women and girls that are trapped inside of the legal system and give them the support so that they can um, get due process and reasonable just, and, and justice as well for their work. Very powerful and um, um, a lot of potential for supporters, um, not just across Sierra Leone, but with diaspora, the people passionate about international development, uh, criminal justice reform, um, and and beyond. And so uh, an an organization like Advocate um, was supported to go on a 12-month bridge program by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who's a close partner of Lightfuls, funded them to go through it, um, They they, uh, alongside another partner called um, Global Giving. Um, And what Advocate then did is they started with doing a series of attending a series of masterclasses that Lightful runs. So Beth Counter is the master trainer. It could be on uh, areas like, you know, storytelling with dignity. How do you represent, for example, some of those end users in the right way? It can be uh, a series of, and we have a series of workshops that are more tactical. You know, maybe it's about working on LinkedIn, more around influence, and how do you actually storytell that way? Um, and, and you sort of through a series of masterclasses and webinars, um, advocate and many other uh, charities through Bridge start learning some of the key skills they require. We also have a team of uh, relationship managers at Lightful, so they get what you know, advocate and others will get one-on-one support to say, okay, we're planning this on International Women's Day in, in March of next year, and rather than just announcing it on the day, how do you kind of build that story, build your engagement, kind of close the loop to keep people uh, supported, whatever that call to action might be. Maybe it's a fundraising ask on International Women's Day. So how do you kind of crescendo to that? And we also have a um, uh, what we call the Lightful Academy, which is a series of uh, videos and playlists and quiz for people that are able to go deeper at their own time, rather than the kind of uh, attending the masterclass, especially through lockdown with you know kids barging into your Zoom calls and all the rest to be able to really deepen deepen your knowledge. And all of that can be then all that learning can then be put into practice with a social media management platform that we've built, you know, natively specifically for small charities. And over the course of that time, you know, success begets success. We saw organizations raise, you know, 64% more funds year on year, which is three times the industry average when the Gates Foundation funded us to do a kind of a treatment control group um, study um, last year. 
Um, as I said, it's sort of the, a confidence builder as well and the ability to take some of those stories into other realms of not just everyday giving, but your major gift fundraising into your newsletter, into how you uh, engage with others. And the idea of resilience, I think is something, it's a word that I uh, embrace tightly because it's gonna be vital and it's a, something that you can build on year on year, help organizations to find new forms of unrestricted income, think about their sustainability and their scale. And through that bridge program now, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we've supported over 1,200 organizations um, and it's something that, that's growing at a rapid pace thanks to the support and funding of, of large trusts and foundations in the US, UK um, and beyond. Who says children can't change the world? Our Teenage Tech Stories podcast showcases the extraordinary work of young entrepreneurs on their way to becoming tomorrow's tech leaders. Listen now via the Tech for Good podcast stream or by visiting techforgood.net. What's next then for, for Lightful and Vinay? Like, how are you going to take this even further? Um, thanks, Ben, because it, we're, we're very mindful, despite the progress that we're um, making and the impact, I guess, we're helping organizations to achieve. Um, there's a lot more to be done. Uh, you know, whether it's on environmental impact, um, our, one of our most recent cohorts was 200 um, nonprofits across the US tackling racial inequities. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of, we're working in women and uh, girls, international development, homelessness in London. Like there are a lot of very powerful and much, much needed, frankly, ever increasing needed areas to work. So uh, at one um, level, we, we want to stay focused and do more of what we're currently doing. So that like for learning pieces, um, thankfully really expanding well, and we um, would like to do even more of that. Um, we're also helping some impact SMEs, individuals, members of fellowships to be able to amplify their voice, but also protect themselves from online harms as well. So really expanding that out, as well as working with larger um, charities on their more digital transformation type of uh, programs. We did a really exciting um, digital transformation partnership with, um, with the Rhodes Trust. We're working with other really big scouts and you know really wonderful bigger charities that are more recognizable and have the potential to also deliver, you know, multiply their impact through technology. And ultimately, with what we learn across that work, can we build more, more and more fit-for-purpose products, digital products that can help democratize some of that, those insights that are more affordable for that long tail of, of charities uh, around the world? You know, we're translating it to Spanish and looking to German and all sorts of stuff. So um, the need is there. And I guess we want to go a little bit deeper uh, as well as try and go a little bit broader as well. I can tell you're a techie, Vinay, for sure. And I want to ask you a bit more about, about um, you mentioned no code platforms earlier. You know, when you think about the products and the, and the advanced technologies that are going to sort of transform things, do you, do you think, when talking about no code specifically, do you think that is a, a key thing in, in kind of linking charities who might not have the skills and tools right now to, to getting to where they need to be fairly quickly? It's, it's, it's a bridge, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a bridge. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it's an important part. Um, as we were talking about earlier, Ben, there are so much of the basic needs required. I think finding ways to effectively listen to those um, charities and volunteer, voluntary groups and so on around what their needs are and being able to respond is key. I think no code platforms or low code platforms have a very important role to play. 
but I think recognizing also, I mentioned the paucity of time and resource and money, that actually um, being able to synthesize some of what we're learning and into kind of more affordable, into very affordable um, products for the larger tail. I mentioned that's something we're thinking about, I think is, is a big part of it. We work with Salesforce uh, a lot uh, as well and understanding some of the power of very big um, ecosystems and platforms to be able then to, again, customize for nonprofits or education institutions and so on, I think um, shows a lot of premise as well. Uh, and yes, you know, I, I mentioned some of the, the, the next stage of, of Web3, which we're, um, we're working on and we uh, are working particularly in some of that smart tech. I mentioned machine learning uh, a little bit as well. And again, thinking about the ethics that need to run through it and the opportunity set that exists there. I think that's a little bit further away you know, other than a few early adopters and early movers, and they will be wonderful uh, to give the demonstrable stories for other charities in the sector to, to do. So I think we need to, even though these things are running concurrently, I think there's a little bit of sequencing we need to get in place so that we make the most of low and no code um, technology, as well as some of the rapid developments that we're seeing as well. And talking more generally about, about tech for good, and, and you can relate it to your sector if you like, but you mentioned Salesforce there. Salesforce there. I don't expect you to talk about them specifically, but the the big tech companies who who have got this enormous um, resource and capacity. Do you find that more and more they're angling their their um, priorities to 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 social good enterprises and and even and, and surely there's going to be a, a a residual benefit for your sector there, isn't there? As 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 these companies try and mm -hmm. try and do good for the world ultimately. Yeah, I, I think that's that's completely right, Ben. I, I welcome it. Um, you know, Lightful as a technology company, we're also a B Corp, a certified B Corporation, where we enshrine uh, and kind of uh, legally encode our commitment to, to people, planet, profit as well. And so I think there's something uh, to look at with the large technology companies in terms of substance and what are they actually doing, um, not just in their direct channels, which is, as I said, I really welcome you talk about Salesforce, we can talk about Microsoft. There are a lot of sort of companies that are authentically committed to this work and to our sector. Um, I think we also need to look at the other aspects of what they're doing as well and make sure that there's no sort of uh, element of a little bit of offset of doing harm and then uh, seeing if they can um, kind of redeem some of that offset uh, and do some good. I think it's important in the round to be able to assess technology companies and say, right, great that you can support the charity sector, for example, and please continue to do that and, and, um, and do more of that. But also in the round, are you doing work? Are you building the, the products and services that are building you know, greater justice, greater equity um, in, in society? And I think there is gonna be more accountability. I hope there is, and charities, by the way, are doing this as well, um, more accountability for those companies, tech companies to, to do that as well. And on a final point, do you, do you imagine a future, Vinay, where a, a, an amazing future where the charity sector is transformed completely by technology? And, and for you as someone who obviously is at the heart of that change, that must be a tremendously exciting thing, a tremendously motivating thing for you kind of every day to imagine how these technologies can actually really make proper change and help people on a much bigger scale than is possible right now. I, uh, I do get very excited, Ben, uh, and I love how you framed it around how technology can be um, transformational for, as I said, 
we believe those doing the greatest good deserve the best technology. So I really am motivated by what you say. I think we need to recognize that it's a hybrid piece as well. I think the connection that you get from um, human engagement or, or working and supporting um, you know, more vulnerable members of our, our society working on climate and so on, um, that technology has some role to play in that in the mix of, uh, it could be that, for example, you've saved some volunteers more time so that they're able to spend more time doing it. So, you know, it could be um, direct or indirect, but ultimately, ultimately, I think technology can play a causal role to help that, um, to, to help these organizations and movements to be able to uh, deliver their objectives. And, and for sure, speaking of tech for good, that, that motivates me in a really big way. That was the Tech for Good podcast. Listen, subscribe and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Stitcher.